word of the Lord that I would share with you is simply one verse from the Gospel of Mark, the 10th chapter, and it says this, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the word of the Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. What unique times that we happen to live in. And hopefully they don't get much more unique than what we are already going through. But as we're reminded, our times are in the Lord's hands. And so we recommit ourselves to trusting him to looking to him for guidance, for protection, and for the courage to live our lives as he calls us to, as the circumstances and the situations call for. We uh, continue our series of uh, what is called the Red Letter Challenge. And those of you who have the book uh, certainly recognize this as being a, um, a devotional book that is going through 40 days during our Lenten season. And um, each of the weeks, at least for five of the weeks, there's been a different theme with um, which we can uh, focus on and so forth. You may recall that a couple weeks ago, Pastor Brandt had um, a message focused on that, that week of readings that was uh, talking about our lives as Christians, focusing on being, being children of God. Last week, Pastor Fenske talked with us about forgiving and how we are able to forgive only because God in Christ has forgiven us first. Perhaps you remember the file cabinet and the record of, of sins that could be piled up and stored against us, but, but by God's grace, those records have been destroyed, shredded, removed, and exist no more. Well, this week, we have the privilege to talk about serving. As Jesus said, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Our readings for today have been selected on the basis of that theme of serving. Perhaps the Old Testament lesson is one that was um, somewhat familiar to you, the prophet Elijah. And his going to this widow of Zarephath. And as the picture is painted, apparently in the area that, um, of, of Israel and around the whole region, of, even by the uh, Mediterranean coast, there had been a famine. And so food was in very, very short supply. And yet God had said to Elijah, go to this widow because... She is going to feed you to take care of you. And yet when he arrives, there she is. I would imagine a rather pitiful sight. Has nothing. She says that she is gathering sticks in order to make a fire so that maybe 
she and her son can have one last meal. You can't help but hear the despondency when she says, we're going to have our last meal and then die. But what seems to be without pity or empathy of any kind, Elijah says, okay, that's fine, but before you do that, why don't you make me something to eat first? I suppose that would be classic man fashion. At least that's true for me. I don't know about for the rest of you. I think my wife would agree too. But there he is telling her, you need to take and care for me first. Make something for me, and then you can do something for yourselves. And as we know how the the account turns out, as Elijah prophesied, the little bit of flour that she had and the tiny bit of oil that would have been enough for just herself and her son, by God's grace and miraculous power, that never ran out. She made a cake of bread for Elijah, but then also had enough for herself, her son, her household, it says, and it continued. Now, the reason that this reading is is connected here with this concept of serving is because it hits at one of the key things of our serving as Christians, and that is motivation. Why is it that that we serve God, our neighbor, those in need, those who may be dying? The reason is not so that we get something out of it, but because it is something that God simply calls us to do. You see, this widow, in serving Elijah, was not going to receive anything in return. At least from her perspective, she wasn't going to hasten the demise of her and her her son's life by giving Elijah and serving him first. She had nothing to gain. And yet, she did it. And she was blessed through it. In the Red Letter Challenge, our author, Zach Zender, Pastor Zach Zender, uh, points out the fact that there is, um, I guess you could call it an acronym of sorts, but if if you've been uh, reading along, you you, uh, may be familiar, or this week you'll come across it, but it's the acronym B-Y-S-S-I-S. W. You can try to pronounce it if you want, but it's not going to make sense. It doesn't spell another word. It's just a bunch of letters. B-Y-S-S-I-W. And what that stands for is it stands for, in many cases, what needs to be the motivation for the Christian to serve God and our fellow human beings. Those letters are taken from the words that Peter spoke when he was in the presence of Jesus 
after he had been out fishing all night and Jesus was in his boat and preaching to the people on the shore and when he finished his sermon he said to Peter let's put out and go catch fish and you might recall that Peter said Lord we fished all night we're tired we're exhausted and then he said this he said but since you say so, I will. Because you say so, I will. You see, serving for the Christian in some ways boils down to that. Jesus asks us to. He tells us to. Not for gain for ourselves, but simply to love our neighbor as ourselves. The reading that we had from the book of Romans also, of course, had something to say about serving. In that reading, Paul has been using again the imagery of the body of Christ, that each Christian is a member of the body of Christ, and as such, each of us has a gift that is given to us by the Spirit. And that gift, that list of gifts includes everything from, um, it includes everything from the, uh, from preaching to serving to teaching to exhorting to contributing to leading to doing acts of mercy. And if you listen to that reading, you'll notice that that we as Christians are given the command. Use these gifts to help other people. And no matter what the gift that is mentioned, each one of them, in a sense, can be used to serve other people. Even if that gift isn't, quote, serving itself, yet each of the gifts that God gives to his people can be used to benefit both God and our neighbor. It says towards the end of our reading from Romans 12 that it says simply serve the Lord. It is a privilege to be able to take the gifts that God has given to us and to use them to help our fellow man. As I mentioned and as you certainly know we are living in very unique times, at least for us. This is certainly the first time in my life where there has been such a, a crisis of a concern of a virus that could contaminate and sicken uh, potentially thousands and hundreds of thousands, even, even millions if it were to be left unchecked. But as unique as these times are to us, history tells us that this is not the first time that something like this has taken place. In fact, um, some of you might recall that even way back in the fall, shortly after we had opened our new worship and events center, I know that many of you were there at that dedication service and have had the privilege to worship there. 
But at that dedication and following thereafter, Pastor Brandt had, lit, had um, put together a series of sermons based on Jesus saying about him being the truth and the way and the life. And as part of that sermon series, maybe you'll recall that there was an occasion in which he had reason to talk about what was called the plague of Cyprian. Now, you really have to know your history to know this one, because this one goes back to the year 250 A.D. So, over uh, 1,750 years ago, and Cyprian happened to be a bishop, a clergy, a pastor in those days. And it's called his uh, plague, not because uh, he started it or anything, but because he was instrumental in being a Christian leader. And during those very, very dark days of that plague, and as historians have recorded it, the plague at that time, which many believe was uh, perhaps the smallpox, made the coronavirus look like a sniffle. That is not to downplay what we may be experiencing, but it is to put into perspective what others in history have had to experience. This plague in those days showed no mercy, and there were records that in the city of Rome itself, a city of uh, substantial population, that there were literally perhaps 5,000 people a day that died during the height of the plague. Now that is difficult days. But it was in the midst of that difficult and tragic time that there was one group of people who stood out as really making a difference in the world. As you might guess, that group were the Christians. And there are those who had firsthand account of some of the history of that day. And this is a part of a letter that was written by a man named Dionysius. And back in October and November when Pastor Brandt had his sermon series, he quoted these words from that letter from way back then. It says this. It says that the Christians ultimately turned into a battalion of nurses. And this is how he describes it. He says this. Heedless of danger, they took charge of the sick, attending to their every need and ministering to them in Christ. And with them departed this life serenely happy. For they were infected by others with the disease, drawing on themselves the sickness of their neighbors and cheerfully accepting their pains. It really puts Christian service into a powerful contrast. Apparently, there have been brothers and sisters in Christ, brothers and sisters to you and me, that although they lived hundreds and hundreds of years ago, 
They served their Lord and Master Jesus to the point where they were willing to voluntarily care for those who had been infected by the plague and in many cases contracting the plague themselves and dying along with their neighbors. But they did so peacefully and serenely and willingly. Somebody has put these three points that highlight what it means to have Christian service. It says this, first of all, Christian service is radical. Christian service is radical. Volunteers give their spare time. Christians give their entire life to service. Number two, Christian service is a witness. Volunteers serve to impact the physical world, but Christians serve to impact the spiritual world. We serve in order to make Christ's love known the way that his love has come to us. And finally, what makes Christian service stand out? Christian service is a war. I'll say that again. Christian service is a war. We are an army and we do have an enemy. We have been commissioned to make the earth look as much like heaven as we can. When we pray in the Lord's Prayer, on earth as it is in heaven, what we're really saying is, and what we're really praying for, is that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You'll know that in heaven there is no sickness, there is no despair, there is no poverty. Those are our enemies, and we fight our enemies to the death. That is what Christian service looks like. I don't know about you, but at a time like this, perhaps the ideal of Christian service can make us seem very humble. To realize and to ask the question, am I willing, how much am I willing to sacrifice in order to serve my Lord and Savior. If you're like me, we failed. We haven't done enough. How could we possibly do enough? And that brings us back to our Lord and Savior, who we find in our gospel lesson for today, casually talking with the woman at the well. Again, you may know the story. It is familiar, perhaps. And this woman and Jesus have this conversation about water, which turns into a conversation, of course, about living water. The water that Jesus says, you don't have to come and, and draw. You will never be thirsty. It, it wells up inside like a spring. 
And in her confusion, the woman asked Jesus some theological questions about worship and water and all of these things. And ultimately, Jesus has the opportunity to reveal to this woman of how much he knows her. You see, she realizes there's nothing that is hidden from him. She is read by him like a book. He knows her life. He knows her sin. And as a result, eventually the whole town where she lived comes to know about and many believe in Jesus because of his grace and mercy. But the point of our reading that really stands out, and, and again, Pastor Zender in the Red Letter Challenge makes a point of it in the readings for this week. And that is that he points out a section that often is not read as part of this account of the woman at the well. And that is after the woman leaves and the disciples come back from town. By the way, some have, have wondered if when it said that the disciples left him to go into town, that they were actually going into town to buy toilet paper. Oh, wait, no, it is food that it says they were going after. But anyway, when they come back from town, they are urging Jesus to eat. They're saying, you got to eat something, Jesus. And Jesus says... I have food that you don't know about. And again, they're, they're wondering, wait, where did he get food? And then Jesus explains. He says this. He says, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to accomplish his work. You see, by doing the will and work of God, by serving other people, Jesus was able to be rejuvenated, regenerated, refreshed, and strengthened for each day. Have you ever found yourself doing something that you enjoy so much that you lose track of time, that you don't even think about stopping for lunch or for dinner, you're just into it so much? Well, that's how Jesus was about serving and loving. And he invites us to do the same. To be so into serving and loving our neighbor and our God that that is what regenerates and rejuvenates and refreshes us each and every day. Because you see, Jesus' ultimate act of service was that act of laying down his life of paying the price, of sacrificing himself for all of the sins, all of the sins of the times when you and I have failed to be the servants that we're called to be. And as Jesus died on that cross, his prayer was as much for us as it was for those who were nailing him to the cross. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing may you be refreshed and rejuvenated and strengthened for your life of service this week as you commit yourself to Jesus in his name amen and now may the peace of God which passes all understanding Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.